0: On today's episode of The Beats today, we have an incredible opportunity to hear from Dr. Caitlin once again, and today with very practical solutions for everyday living. This is a time of year where our kiddos and us adults are indulging more in sweets, indulging more in perhaps improper foods. And Dr. Caitlin's information is very timely to teach us how we can practically help our oral microbiome. And also we're gonna talk about airways. This is again, another one you don't wanna miss. back to the beats and we have our special guest Dr. Caitlin today because we had to circle back around you know after our last visit she brought up a couple things that we really had to talk about which was microbiome and the the care that we give to our to our mouth every day and number two if is our mouth too big or mouth too small is that really true can that ever be true is our mouth too small we need to pull teeth or is our mouth too small and our tongue is too big like what is this all about so Our special guest, Dr. Caitlin from thedentaldetox.com is back with us today. She is not a dentist. Uh, She is a functional medicine chiropractor who is going to help you understand this mouth-body connection and how to care for yourself. Welcome back, Dr. Caitlin.
1: Well, Thank you so much for having me. I love talking about this stuff with you.
0: I know we geek out on the mouth and we get y'all to get geeked out with us, but it's good. Let's talk about protocols for the mouth. One, and on the last show that we did together, you alluded at the end to uh, making sure that we have proper things that we're using, proper you know, products that we're using in our mouth. So let's talk about what we shouldn't be using. Let's start there. What should we not be using in our mouth that we've probably been told our whole life that we should use oh, if she God. puts her hand on her forehead and goes, oh my God, I don't know. Are we getting to get in trouble calling them all out on it? Yes, we are. do it anyway. I mean, I,
1: you, you might be called uh, to shut this podcast down or take this episode off from the next few things that are going to come out of my mouth. Crest, Colgate, Sensodyne, all of those commercially developed toothpaste that foam, toss. They are terrible. All they have is detergents and their whole premise is kill, kill, kill. Well, that's exactly like antibiotics. And what ends up happening is the longer we use it, the more that we're creating um, resistant strains of bacteria. And I don't think what people understand is we need bacteria in our mouth to start the digestion process. If we don't digest in our mouth, we're putting more pressure on our stomach. Um, We're putting more pressure on our gut for absorbing. And so when we use things like crest toothpaste all we're doing is we're killing everything we're not just killing the bad stuff we're killing the good stuff and we're actually increasing the likelihood of our body creating more plaque and plaque isn't necessarily a bad thing people think oh plaque is terrible plaque is terrible Mm, no we're going to have plaque. Actually, your body's going to have plaque. Your teeth are going to have plaque about 24 hours after you get your teeth cleaned up at the dentist with all of the scraping and the pumicing. You're going to have that back within 24 hours. But the key is you want to have good healthy plaque. It's when it becomes a biofilm that it's problematic. Now, other than the toothpaste, it's also so, dental. Wait, before we get there. So plaque there's
0: is protective in nature, right? And plaque can be a benefit to our teeth to help protect our enamel. It's only when the environment in our mouth goes in the wrong and that, that the plaques start behaving bad, kind of like the bacteria in our gut. There we're not there's not inherently bad bacteria and good ba- bacteria. They either behave well or they behave Improperly based upon the environment they're in. So plaque is not a bad thing. This is huge. And we need to reiterate this because I think sometimes when people hear things, they go, did I just hear that right? Did she just say plaque is good? Isn't, haven't I been told my whole life plaque is bad? Well, certain plaque is bad. Most of the plaque that we create in our mouth in a healthy microbiome, it is actually good.
1: It is. It's actually what allows our teeth to absorb the minerals that it needs it's what Ah. is going to protect our teeth um especially like under our gum line from from more of those um anaerobic bacteria or aerobic bacteria um so plaque isn't a bad thing but like you said if the plaque shifts to um more of a a naughty or a misbehaving plaque because of the imbalance in our good and bad bacteria, our anaerobic and our aerobic, so with oxygen or without oxygen bacteria, that it becomes more of a biofilm, and what biofilms do is it protects the bad stuff, so it'll protect uh, the bad bacterial. it'll protect the bad viruses or the fungi or heavy metals, from our immune system getting in there and rebalancing, cleaning it out, and that's when we start to develop cavities, uh, get infections, have bad breath, so all of those things.
0: I have a seven year old who's in the superheroes, right? and I it sounds like the bad bacteria get a cloak essentially.
1: Mm-hmm. like they
0: get a cloak of invisible, like the immune system can't see them.
1: Yeah, when... Like Harry Potter's invisible cloak.
0: Oh, maybe so. I'm not. I don't know, but we've been watching a lot of Spider-Man lately, and so there's a there's this cloak that the Spider-Man can use, and it makes him so that he cannot be seen by the others. So it's kind of like the bad plaque does that. And when the balance of the the good and bad bacteria is not proper, then it gives the plaque this this shield that allows the immune system not to be able to see it. Sorry, I broke it down to the seven-year-old. Dust superhero
1: experience, but. Perfect. Well, and when you, when your body can't see it, it doesn't know that there's a problem. It, right. There's nothing that it can see to fix or um, get rid of. And so what ends up happening is the bad stuff now have the ability to continue to replicate and take over. They have. So right. that's when we get like gingivitis, which then can turn into periodontal disease. And that's when periodontal disease is a pain in the keister to deal with. Uh, but a lot of it has to do with the oral hygiene along with the foods that we're eating.
0: So what are some of the oral hygiene um, no-nos? Like I know we talked a lot about the different toothpaste that are essentially wiping out because they're more, um, they suds up, you mentioned that they foam up and they make more of a, um a detergent in the mouth where it's wiping out all the bacteria. And I think that a lot of people think, oh, don't I want to use a detergent in my mouth? But the reality is they don't necessarily want to use a detergent in their mouth. Correct? You're back.
1: Yeah, correct. 100%. We don't want detergents. Detergents are, it's like bleach. You, you don't want to bleach your stomach. Um, you don't want to bleach your um, you know, digestive system. So we don't want to do it in the mouth. Because think about it, guys. Remember, mouth is a tube. Right. It's all connected. Um, the other thing outside of toothpaste, or do you want to keep talking about toothpaste? No, that's
0: great. So toothpaste, a lot of them are detergents. And if the more foamy they become, probably the worse they are for you. Because that's a complaint yep. I get all the time when people start switching their toothpaste. It doesn't suds up like my other one. Great. Same with your laundry detergent. That's the salicylic, not salicylic acid, the sodium lauryl sulfate that causes it, the SLS that causes it to suds up. And that doesn't do anything but make your mind think that you're getting something good. It has no effect other than a negative effect on cleaning anything in your life, just to let you know.
1: 100%. I tell them that with like dish soap all the time. It right. doesn't have to be big and sudsy and overflowing your your sink to get your dishes clean. Um, same thing the mouth. The other thing that we have to be cognizant of is mouthwash. Mouthwash mm-hmm. is awful. It is just um, like essentially alcohol that is doing the same thing. It's just killing. So yes, you're killing some of the bad stuff, but you're not rebalancing anything. You're
0: not creating an environment that's going to cultivate the good stuff. And we get the good stuff from the food we eat, from the air we breathe, from exposing ourselves to life, not staying in a house with a mask on, perhaps. But I didn't mean to go there, but I just went there. But... But let's take that out of the equation. Let's say that's not part of the equation. I just I don't want a toothpaste that's gonna suds up and kill everything. Now I don't want a mouthwash that's gonna essentially stringently deal and like kill everything. Uh what's the one my parents used to have all the time? It was really strong, yellow in color. I can't remember Listerine. Yeah. yeah.
1: Whew. If- burns,
0: don't do it. Oh, I I, I remember growing up going, that feels like a shot of whiskey. Like that does not feel like it's good for me. And I'm so glad I just was adamantly opposed to doing them now. But everybody gave me a hard time when I was a teenager because I wouldn't do those particular mouthwashes because I didn't like alcohol. I still don't. And so anything that tastes or flavored like alcohol, I just am. feels like it's drying. It feels the opposite of good for me so are there any good mouthwashes out there and why did we end up starting to talk about mouth not that we but in general in life how did mouthwash even start do you have any idea
1: um it was more to promote healthy breath so your breath stays here have some gum use some mouthwash but if you have stinky breath it means that there's that imbalance in your your oral microbiome And by killing everything is not allowing the good stuff to repopulate. So you're not really doing, um, you're not fixing the problem. We'll put it that way from using mouthwash. You're actually perpetuating it and making it worse long-term. There's another one that is talked about quite a bit um, in the dental world. And I'm going to tell you guys, don't do it, especially long-term, which is hydrogen peroxide. Yeah. Stop with the hydrogen peroxide. It's doing the same thing. Yeah. Um, It's wiping you out of good and bad. It's not just getting rid of the bad. And so I cringe when uh, people come and they're like, oh, my dentist told me just to swish with hydrogen peroxide. It'll be fine. It'll get rid of, um, you know, the plaque on my teeth. It'll make my teeth whiter. No, you don't actually want to do that long term. If you're going to do it because you have an infection that's being dealt with, for a short period of time, fine. But you gotta be using really good like pre and probiotics for your mouth then to help rebuild it because you're just you're wiping it clean. And I know there's gonna be some dentists out there, they're like, what in the heck are you talking about? It's because that problem's gonna translate or uh, translocate into the gut and then you're gonna deal with the bigger problem. Because so,
0: often bad, bad breath isn't just from the mouth, right? It can come from the gut as well. So uh-huh. if you have bad breath, you, those are linked. And the other thing that a lot of people do is oil pulling. Like a lot of our clients do oil pulling, like they start it and then they don't stop it for years on end. And I, I feel much like you do the hydroxide, like that's okay in a short term experience, like peroxide, two to three days, maybe a week. oil pulling two to three weeks, maybe a month right after some kind of dental procedure has been done and then stop it. Just stop it. (laughs) Just stop.
1: Well, it's not meant for long-term. It it really is. And there are other things that you can do that's going to be far more beneficial. Um, Like I tell people all the time, there's a few things that people need to incorporate for oral health, oral hygiene, so that long term, their mouth can be healthy, they're not going to be losing teeth, their teeth aren't going to get loose, they're not going to end up with like needing root canals, or they're not going to end up with a systemic problem. But the big things that they got to start doing is one scraping their tongue, like get rid of that buildup of that Um, like film, that biofilm layer that builds up on your tongue, it could be yeast, it could be bad bacteria, you got to brush the roof of your mouth, you got to brush your teeth, cheeks, like the inside of your cheeks, we got to take care of our whole mouth, not just our teeth. But then the other thing, outside of flossing, because the thing about floss is it actually doesn't get deep enough into the pockets. And what you're doing is when you floss, you're actually pushing bacteria further up into your gums versus pulling it out better off getting a a, like a water pick and doing water picking because what it's going to do it's more like an irrigation system where you're shooting water up and it's coming down and pulling everything with it so not just like the food particles but it's pulling the bacteria out and what you can do if you want um, to restore balance more if you have an infection or if you're fighting something throw in baking soda baking soda is far more basic and normally when we have either bad breath or we have an imbalance in bacteria, it's because our mouth is shifting towards a more acidic environment. If we can bring it back to more neutral using you know, baking soda, you're gonna see far better results long-term, especially like, um, like to- tea sensitivity. It's usually due to infections. And if we can get those infections out by rebalancing the pH, you're gonna be far happier in the long run. So um, dump the mouthwash, dump the hydrogen peroxide, get a water pick and throw some baking soda in there, or just do plain old, don't do tap water because that's full of garbage anyway, but just do a water pick and that will make a massive difference in um, the health of your teeth and gums. And
0: we just, um, I was just at one of our biological dentists and we were talking about my son who's seven, who's front teeth are yellowing more than all his other teeth, and I'm really adamant about his oral hygiene, as you can imagine, and we're really adamant about which toothpaste we use, and yet still his adult teeth that he's only had for about a year are yellowing, the front teeth, and first of all, she mentioned, um, the hygienist mentioned that that will happen, that just in general, the regular color of his teeth will start to come out more as an adult teeth than baby teeth. But number two is that's often plaque buildup. And even though he's brushing really well, to use um, an electronic toothbrush is very successful. And I said to her, like, listen, you guys tried to get me to use one four years ago and I can hardly handle it. It tickles me so much in my gums. So she's just suggested a different brand she said, instead of Sonicare, go to Oral-B. So I got the Oral-B over the weekend. I have never seen my son so excited about brushing his teeth. Like literally he, he wanted to brush his teeth four times the first day. And we're like, you can overbrush your teeth, like stop. But he, it, he's holding it on each tooth and up in the gum and behind and holding it. And, and one day his teeth look so dramatically different. And he loves it. Like I honestly thought as a seven year old, he'd be a little resistant to the electronic toothbrush in his mouth. But he's all about it. And so I encourage you if you have children, you have elderly or you have somebody who isn't doing as great of procedure as you would like. To go ahead and get the electronic toothbrush because I'm sure, like the water pick, and some of them have two combined now where you have the water pick with the electronic toothbrush, it much replicates the cleaning experience when you have the proper toothpaste with it.
1: Well, and you bring up a really good point because most people aren't brushing long enough to make a big enough difference, meaning they're. Not getting rid of the buildup that is naturally going to happen just from, you know, the food that we're eating. If we're breathing through our mouths, if we're talking, whatever we're drinking, so we have to be more diligent about taking the time to properly brush our teeth. And the nice thing about uh, having like a mechanical toothbrush is it does the work for us. It literally tells you like when to move, kind of thing. And sometimes it's by quadrant, like, you know, um, it'll give you thirty seconds for like your top uh half of your mouth versus the left half and then you just move it and it makes it so much easier um am actually looking into a different um toothbrush it's not oral b it's not sonicare i don't have all the information on it just yet but if i find out that this one is even better i'll let you know let me know um, i don't want to drop the name just yet I don't want to promote something that I'm not a hundred percent behind just yet, but it looks promising. So um, I will let you know what I find out with uh, this new brand.
0: Let us know. And you know, I know this is like, Oh my gosh, why are we listening about teeth? I just turned this on and Oh my gosh, talking about teeth again, but you need, we really want you guys everybody to understand that in order for you to truly flow, for you to have, overall wellness in your body. you got to handle your mouth and your dentin is the primary. I am not a dentist. Dr. Caitlin is not a dentist, but boy, I can tell you the majority of our life is spent talking about pooping and dentistry. And if those two things aren't going in proper, if you're not eating, like she mentioned on our previous podcast, If you eat three times a day, you should poop three times a day. You should clean your mouth at least two to three times a day. You should have proper protocols with your teeth. You should never miss your protocols with your teeth. Your teeth will tell you how healthy the rest of your body is. This is a key understanding. It's not that we want to just send you to the dentist. There's not much of our bodies that want to send you to the dentist. Other than we want to make sure that you handle your body properly and you understand how your body is affected, that your teeth affect every other aspect of your body. And it's really important, not only the proper protocol and procedure, but the bigness of our mouth has a lot to do with it and I would like to tell everybody who's listening to me, who's listened to me at all, that I have my whole life struggled with my mouth not being big big enough. I swear to goodness, that's a real statement until about five or six years ago when I finally worked with our biological dentist and worked on my airway. And then Dr. Caitlin, because I always bit my tongue, my cheeks, I always felt like, what the hell, man? God just gave me a tongue that's too big for my mouth. I can't get it around as much. I used to. Trip over my mouth, over my words often in my mouth. My tongue would get caught up in the way. I'm like, what the heck, man? I, my body just wasn't created right somehow. My tongue is big, too big. And then Dr. Caitlin was told as a young child, right? You had that done yeah. as a young child, that she yeah, had to. Teeth have four, too
1: big for your, my mouth.
0: You you have too met your teeth are too big for your mouth. You had so your teeth are too big. My my te- my tongue was too big. But the reality is none of that's true, right? So shed some even- light on subject for me, Dr. Caitlin, what does this mean?
1: This means that if you've ever been told your teeth are too big, your mouth is too small, your tongue is too big, it ultimately means that your palate didn't develop properly. So your jaw, your lower and upper jaw that house your teeth didn't expand, it didn't develop appropriately. And so when our mouth, when our jaw is too small, of course our teeth are going to be too big to fit in our mouth. And this is where crowding happens. So this is why so many people have crowded teeth and end up with braces. Uh, But braces for me wouldn't have even been enough because there wasn't any room for them to even move my teeth around. So what they did was they pulled out four teeth. They pulled out um, my pre-canines because who needs those? We don't need those teeth. No big deal. Oh my gosh. And then, then
0: we pulled out, out those my. I'm, it makes me very emotional. I think she had extra, somebody told her she has extra teeth.
1: Yeah, it's okay. We, we don't need those teeth. You don't need those
0: for yeah. chewing or mastication or alignment of your oh. ingredients in your nerves. We don't need those.
1: No, not at all. Not at all. For proper swallowing, for proper immune system function, we don't need those. For proper hormone, any of that. With extra so, parts. Little did you know, you had spare parts. You're like
0: IKEA. Every time I put something together with Ikea, I'm like, oh, there's an extra screw or nut or something. Hmm. That's, that's curious.
1: Yeah. We'll have to talk about tonsils being spare parts at some point. Yeah. But, um, so what ended up happening was I had those removed. I had my wisdom teeth removed and I had braces, not once, but twice because Mm. my teeth shifted. So I had braces. I wore them for like two and a half years. I had beautiful straight teeth. I wore my retainers. Uh, to make sure my teeth didn't shift and then you know three years later they're like you're good you don't have to wear them anymore well sure enough my teeth shifted and i had to wear them again so i had to get braces put on a second time Mm. and yet again my teeth shifted because my mouth actually isn't big enough and when some ways that you can look at this is okay how do you know if your mouth is big enough well your tongue should, the tip of your tongue should sit right behind your two front teeth. And you should be able to flatten the, your tongue against the roof of your mouth. So it should lay nice and flat against um, the roof of your mouth. If any part of your tongue overflows over your teeth, um, if you have to like squish your tongue to get it up there, it means that you don't actually have um, proper development of your jaw. And when you don't have proper development of your jaw, your jaw, your, your upper teeth, the roof of your mouth makes the base of your sinuses. So if you have a really high arch, like a lot of people do, um, if you look up, like open your mouth again, guys, we got to look in our mouth. If you look at your mouth and the roof of your mouth looks like the peak or the roof of a house, that's bad. You want to have a nice
0: she's talking about the palate and the roof of their mouth is the same okay and this is the floor to our sinuses so what we want you to do is open your mouth look at the the top of your mouth because a lot of people think jaw is only the bottom but the jaw is the top and the bottom so when you look at your jaw you got to open your mouth you got to look up at that top arch behind the teeth in the middle to see how narrow is it how peaked is it how sharp is that or is it more of a dull arch you know it like think about your archway in your house do you have round arches most people have square arches but for doorways but some people have round arches or is it more like a peak as she mentioned like the roof like an a-frame type house would have an a-frame peaked roof where it's all gonna come up to a point. So, is your point really pointy or is it kind of dull and going across? So, take a look in. That is talking yeah. about the palette.
1: We want it to look more like a rainbow, is how I talk to kids. We want the top of our mouth to look like a rainbow. Nice and um,
0: curved and archy, but broad, not, mm-hmm. not pointy.
1: Because when it's pointed, our sinuses are really, really small and that causes airway obstruction. So a lot of people will, like myself when I was younger, have massive sinus issues, whether it be congestion or sinus infections, you know, you're, you're prone to it because you, you were just born with small sinuses. No, I was not born with too big a teeth and small sinuses. <laughs> My mouth didn't develop properly. And what
0: would cause the mouth to not develop? Let's just jump off for a second and talk about that. Cause I know that, so a lot of people are listening to this are going, "Yep, that's me. My mouth is too small for various reasons, but why? Why did I not develop properly? Is that something I didn't do? Was that something I, I personally am a problem child and I didn't develop right? Is this genetic? What is the reason? What are the reasons behind this lack of development? Okay, Dr. Caitlin?
1: So the biggest one is now a lack of breastfeeding, unfortunately, because what happens is we start to develop our jaw from the suction that we're supposed to make on a breast because the breast is different than a bottle and it utilizes different muscles. So when we're sucking on a bottle, it's causing a narrower, sharper peak for the top of our mouth versus when we have to suction around a nipple, we're having to use different muscles. So that makes for a broader uh, jaw. So that's part of it. And I'm not shaming moms who couldn't breastfeed or anything like that. But then what we've done is we've moved on to everything is soft. So everything is like in those squeeze pouches, like the applesauce in the smoothies for kids. And then everything is pureed. Like we're not getting kids to actually like masticate, like chew, right? Um, whereas. So
0: she's having a little technical difficulty. So I'm going to just step in for a second. So one of the things we're talking about is, The mouth, because we aren't breastfeeding, it's not that we're not breastfeeding, it's actually the length of time. So even if we breastfeed, if we're not breastfeeding for a total of two to three years, oftentimes that palate doesn't have the time to expand as much as it does. Sorry, there was a little technical difficulty. So I was just stepping in to explain explain the palate expanding a little bit from breastfeeding. So we got that and we got that... um, the, the, it's not just that we're not breastfeeding. I just mentioned it's the amount of time we're breastfeeding. Again, it's not to shame anybody that's not breastfeeding. It's just to make an awareness that due to the fact that we don't breastfeed for two to three years, the palate doesn't expand in that way. Then in combination with that, when we're not asking our children to gum hard things, we're afraid they're going to choke. So instead of, choking they're nine on nothing they're not nine they're sucking down pre-digested food essentially so they're never masticating and when they don't masticate what happens you're back now what happens when they don't masticate when they don't masticate means chew when they don't chew on food or try to gnaw on hard carrots or or hard things when they don't even have teeth what why why is that important
1: Well, that's literally going to create um, the development of the jaw because our jaws develop at a really young age. And so if we're not chewing, we're not utilizing certain muscles, we're not pushing in certain areas of our jaw. So we're not training it to be big so that we can, you know, eat those carrots or uh, dig into, you know, a steak or whatever it may be. We're literally training our body just to eat mush and that's one of the reasons or probably the biggest reason as to why we have such underdeveloped jaws these days. That's another reason why you know we don't have room for wisdom teeth. Everybody needs their wisdom teeth out now it's because their jaws aren't big enough.
0: And and a lot of that is the food we're choosing, but it's also that we're we're not um Asking the jaw to do that type of work anymore, which you know, there's a whole philosophy as to why we don't need wisdom teeth anymore. But we do need to masticate. We do need to chew. We need need to widen that palate. And when we chew, it actually stimulates the stem the stem cells within the roots. And the stem cells denote new growth. And that's how the bone and the palate expands with the growth when the actual chewing occurs. It also happens in our Sutures of our head that when we chew it allows this to expand because the jaw is innervated by more um, nerves than any other part of our body, and it has a lot to do with us being actual human beings. And and jaw and and chewing rather at the jaw is going to allow this palate to expand. So, tell them your story quickly what happened because I can hear that my friend Caitlin is talking a little differently than she was when I saw her in November. So what's occurred for you since November?
1: Um, Well, I, my biological dentist is like, okay, girl, look, if you don't take care of your airway, because I had a cone beam done, which is a 3d scan, which is what showed me that I had four really bad cavitations infections in my bone but that also showed that my airway was really narrow and that when you have a narrow airway, the likelihood of having sleep apnea is almost guaranteed. And sleep apnea means that you're, you're not getting oxygen while you sleep. And if you're not getting oxygen while you sleep, you're killing your brain. Yeah, like, that's slightly that's
0: important. Difficult. Getting oxygen while you sleep is like top, top one thing you need to do when you sleep is get oxygen.
1: Yeah. Well, and when we sleep, that's when we heal. And so if we're not getting oxygen, we can't heal. We can't grow. We can't balance hormones. We can't heal. We can't do any of that. And so I was not okay with all of a sudden developing dementia because dementia is le- linked to sleep apnea, cardiovascular disease, hypertension. I was like, okay, what do we got to do? And so we had to expand my jaw. I, my, the size of my jaw was that of a six-year-old. Wow. Yeah. So when we measured it, I had, my jaw was that of a six-year-old. So what I started with was I started with a DNA appliance because I wanted the ability to put it in and take it out so that I'd be able to talk because I have to talk for a living. And if people can't understand me, I'm not going to be able to help anybody. Um, So I wore the DNA appliance for about a year. I broke my bottom one. So I was waiting for the bottom one for a new one. And Finally, I decided to screw this, let's just get the permanent one. So I got a permanent palette expander put in. And by permanent, I don't mean I'm living with it the rest of my life. It's just, I can't take it in and out. And in the last two months, um, my jaw has expanded probably five millimeters. And that's huge. Uh, my smile right now is a little different. I'm not used to it because it's um, like in between. Uh, but what I'm finding is I can actually put my tongue on the roof of my mouth. It's still not perfect. I still need to expand it a little bit more, but when I sleep, I'm actually able to get oxygen in through my nose. I'm waking up more rested. Uh, I do tape my mouth at night because growing up, because I couldn't breathe through my nose because my my um, palate was pushed up into my sinus passages, which made it really hard to breathe, I still have to tape my mouth because it's like a trained thing in me now. It's just like automatic. I go to sleep and I open my mouth. But if I tape my mouth, I force myself to breathe through my nose and it's night and day. It's been unbelievable. So that's why I have a little bit of a lisp um, as I got an upper and lower expander in. But it's ultimately to prevent me from developing cardiovascular disease or dementia.
0: And, and if we don't breathe well we don't heal and then that allows all that all those bugs that like the no oxygen environment to thrive right rather than living in oxygen which really helps balance the ph i mean when you get the ph right often be through oxygen through nitrous oxide which you get by naturally breathing through your nose it sets your ph proper so it's really key to understand that. Your mouth isn't too small. You don't have too many teeth. Your tongue isn't too big. Your palate was never developed properly. And Dr. Caitlin, did it hurt when you did this over the last two to three months? I mean, it sounds like, oh, I'm expanding my palate. You know, it sounds torturous. Does it actually hurt?
1: So, as an adult, it's going to be more uncomfortable because we are more set. Like, are sutures and everything's more set. Really what should be happening is we should be dealing with this in children. So as young as five years old, you should be taking your child to an airway specialist to get this figured out because ultimately you can fix it as a young child far easier than it is to fix it as an adult. Now, is it towards
0: us? Really good point.
1: I would have rather have not worn braces twice and now do this, honestly, and still have, those, that set of teeth that I should have, Um, but is it torturous? No. I'm actually being a little more aggressive with my appliance. I'm cranking it more because I'm one of those, like, let's do this. Let's get her done. Let's do it properly. I'm taking things to support bone growth and all these other things, but it's uncomfortable for a night. Um, It's completely changing my bite, which is what I need. I need my bite to change, So I'm having to change how I chew. It's making me far more cognizant of how important chewing is for digestion, Um, but is it worth it 100%? Is it torturous? No, I wouldn't say that. Is it like a walk in the park? I definitely wouldn't say that either, Um, but it's 100% worth it in my opinion.
0: And there's a lot of myofunction that has to be done with that. So it's not just wearing the appliance, it's changing the muscles and the fascia and the lymphatics to improve drainage. Because a lot of people, when we start doing this, we instantly start to notice that we get post-nasal drip, we get drainage because our sinuses are opening. As you mentioned, that palate has been restricted. Now, as we open that, that palate's no longer restricted. The sinuses can drain, not only to from into the parotids, but into the, tonsil area and down into the termini, so it can get a better drainage.
1: Well, and a lot of people find that they end up with sore throats, um, but it's that post-nasal drip um, that has just built up that slowly. It's like, oh, I now have room and I can now um, essentially decongest, you know, get rid of the gunk. But no, there's a lot of other work that has to be done. Like I'm going to need a tongue tie release. Mm -hmm. Um, But I have to have room for my tongue before I get the tongue tie release done. Otherwise, the tongue tie is just going to.
0: Cause more issues than it would not. Yes. Well, this has been awesome. We have had a couple technical difficulties today, but we've still gotten Dr. Caitlin's message across, which is certainly to pay attention to our, um, our protocol in our mouth to make sure that we're not undoing all the good probiotics and bacteria and enzymatic production from all the great food we're eating to make sure that we're supporting a good balance of microbiome in our mouth. And then in addition to that, to support that system through oxygen, through making sure that we get the most amount of oxygen by breathing through our nose and having the proper palate to make sure that we're breathing. So Dr. Caitlin, is there anything else that you'd like to share with us today about, uh, the microbiome or about the airway and which are two things that you've brought a lot of people's attention to. And I'm sure you're going to mean lots of emails on the dental which is where you can find Dr. Caitlin. But wh- what else did you want to, uh, enlighten them all? If anything,
1: stop killing all of the bacteria in your mouth. Yeah, That's not going to do anything. Try and get, uh, more of a natural toothpaste that doesn't have, you know, the detergents, the astringents in it. And then the other thing is tape your mouth and tape your kid's mouth during the day so that we can force breathing through the nose. That is so important for brain health and overall function, not to mention proper mouth development in young kids. So if you do it during the day, it's not as scary. Um, I use the 3M Sensodyne tape because it's easy to put on and off. It doesn't hurt. Um, And then you can work your way up to taping your mouth at night because most people are like, oh my gosh, that's so scary. I'm not going to be able to breathe. I'm going to suffocate. It's not like that at all. But practice during the day and it'll make it less scary at night to uh, tape your mouth and get more oxygen to the rest of your body
0: more practical solutions from Dr. Caitlin here at The Beats. From our heart to yours, we truly want to help you get the best results you can. And we know that that happens by treating your mouth properly and the rest will follow. Thank you so much, Dr. Caitlin, for all your wisdom, your advice and your practical solutions for everybody out there to learn how they can best treat their mouths so their bodies can be treated as, as well as they treat their mouths. Thank you all. And we'll see you next time at the Beats with Kelly Kennedy.